So finding balance is about having different skillful means to deal with the reactivity and the resistance that arises in our body, in our mind. And then bringing in compassion, bringing in care and tenderness uh, is like... uh, it's like having a sort of a, a massage oil for the heart and the mind. It's just uh, creating a sense, a sense of uh, things being able to flow more easily by bringing in that quality of caring. And I think for each of us, we have different doorways to that. So I suggested a few um, that some people find helpful, like using a phrase, it's okay, if you have, if you've done metta practice, loving kindness practice, you can use the loving kindness phrases: "May I be happy, may I be well, may I be peaceful," or the compassion phrases: um, "I care about this pain," or uh, "May I hold this hurt with tenderness," things like that. Sometimes working with images, like the image of a mentor, a grandparent, a teacher, a pet, a friend. Well, an image of a mother holding a child or just even that sense of, of a hug, even just remembering how it feels to be held, to be hugged. These are all different ways that we can bring, for, bring up that sense of, of kindness towards ourselves, you know? Uh, the kind of warmth that we, would, that we so long for from others, the kind of compassion we so long for for our struggles to actually be able to access and source that inside ourself. And so there's that sense in the in that coming back to that acronym or that mnemonic phrase with with balance comes mysterious intimacy. So that sense of come that we're we're being welcomed, our whole being is being embraced by the compassion, but also that we're able to include the painful sensation. And this is the transition towards actually meeting and investigating the pain itself. So up to this point, we've really been working with how we're holding and relating to the pain. Are we seeing with wisdom? Do we have balance? Can we address that if there's reactivity? Can we bring in some kindness, some care, some warmth? When there's enough of those ingredients present, it doesn't have to be perfect, but when there's enough, then we can actually begin to meet and investigate the unpleasant sensations themselves, to actually start to touch them with our awareness. And this is about exploring the sensations directly, becoming intimate with them, that sense of what is this? What is this? What is pain? What is this thing I'm calling pain? What's it actually made up of? So this is where we use the power of mindfulness to really start to investigate the experience on the level of sensation, and on the level of the uh, mental phenomena related to it. What's the whole process that's happening?
So as we do this, it's important to really remember to keep, uh, keep an eye on the resistance. When the resistance starts to get stronger, any reactivity, then it's important to return to the balance piece. So just attend to that. Then the resistance actually becomes what we're investigating and being mindful of. The tightening, the contracting, uh, the spinning out, whatever it is. To just address that, be with that until there's enough balance again to come back to the original sensation, which has probably changed by this point, maybe not. So I just want to suggest a couple of ways to do this, and then we'll use the rest of our time for questions and discussion. So one is um, is to... Uh, go back and forth, which I've been referring to already. It's to touch the sensation with your awareness and then, and then move away. Go back to your breathing, go back to sound, whatever your reference point is. Go back to just compassion. But there's this touch the sensation and then come back out. We touch it and then we come back out. It's like, uh, it's like just taking little tastes, just little bits. And when there's, a, when there's a particularly painful or strong sensation, often this is really useful because we don't want to be there at all. It's like we want to be as far away from that thing as possible. So if we can find enough space, enough balance to actually get curious about it, then we don't have to be with it forever. Just to touch it for a moment. What would it be like to feel this just for a moment? How would it be to feel this just for a second? And we feel it, and then we move away. It's like touching something really hot, like when you're testing the water in a shower or a, or a bath. You just you put, your, you put your toe in for a second, and then, you, and then you pull it out. So there's that sense of just touching the sensation briefly, and then you, and then you come back out. That's one way of beginning to meet and investigate the sensation. Another way is to work at the edges of it. So oftentimes our tendency when we try to be mindful of a painful sensation is to go right into the center of it. But that's often where, the, where it's most intense and, re, and the reactivity is highest. So see, can you find the edges of it? How big is it? Where does it stop? And then what's it like to bring your awareness just to the edge, just to that point? Like if you have a big wound, how there's, there's a scab that forms. And then over that scab, the healing, it starts at the edges, not in the center. So same thing with your awareness, to just begin to slowly contact the sensation at the edges and feel what that feels like there. And you can stay there or you can move away. But what, what, I'm, trying to, what I'm trying to get across here is the sense of choice, interest, and modulation. That you can modulate your attention. You can start to actually um, uh, experience and touch this area in different ways. It doesn't need to be just this monolithic block called pain, but to actually see, well, where is it? How big is it? Can I touch it for a moment and then move away? if the pain is moving in different parts of the body, 
Can I be aware of just one aspect and then come back to something more neutral? We can use the breath with the painful sensation. So imagining the breath going to that area and then softening or loosening in the sensation. And then we can also start to, um, when there's enough, enough concentration in the mind, enough stability, we can actually start to uh, really try to examine and investigate the sensation itself. So start to take apart, what's it, but what's it made of? To sense all of the various aspects of it. Is it burning? Is it tight? Is it hard? Is it aching? Is it twisting? Is it stabbing? Is it tearing? How is it, does it change in intensity? Does it move? Does it change from one sensation to another? How deep is it? Is it throughout the body? Is it just on the surface? How thick is it? How dense is it? Is it diffuse? Is it dense? Does it have a texture? Is it rough? Is it smooth? Is it prickly? Does it have temperature? Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it hard? Is it sharp? Where are its edges? to notice the unpleasantness of it. There's the sensation, then there's the, then there's the unpleasantness. Does that change in intensity to more unpleasant and less unpleasant, to neutral? So there's, there's a richness. There can be a richness in the investigation of the sensation, but that's only possible when the mind is balanced, when there's enough balance and care to actually be with the sensation and then start to take it apart. But when we can do this, it changes our experience of pain. When the resistance is zero, then the suffering goes down. It's just sensation. It just becomes um, changing sensations. Some of them unpleasant, some of them neutral, some of them pleasant even. And then in that process of investigating it, we can start to feel and notice as the, unple- as the intensity of the sensation spikes, there might be a reaction that comes, a tightening, a contracting. Then, that, then we're aware of that. We feel that. We meet that. And then as that subsides, we can attend to the sensation again. Taking breaks as needed. Coming back out to feel, this, to feel a neutral sensation. So this becomes a process of, of be, becoming intimate with the sensation and, and uh, encountering it uh, with fresh eyes, encountering it with some sense of uh, humility and uh, uh, interest. Like, what is this, really? What is this experience that I've been living with? that I've been running away from, or that I've been hating, or that I've been fearing, or wallowing in, or whatever, you know, the realm, the realms that we visit 
you know, when there's enough balance, enough space, enough interest to actually start to get to know it, to take it apart. And then this can be, as, uh, as Pam was saying earlier, starts to be a doorway into insight, into seeing its nature, that it's impermanent, that it's changing, and that it's, it's, it is not who we are. It's not my sensation. It's not even my body. It's just changing. It's unpleasant. It's unpleasant. That's what it is. But it's just that. So, wisdom, balance, checking the relationship, compassion, bringing care and kindness to ourselves, and then meeting and investigating it. Meeting it, just coming to actually touch it, to see it, to know it, and investigating it, taking it apart, understanding it, seeing it clearly. So there are all of the other things that we've talked about today that are essential for practicing with particularly chronic illness, chronic pain, having support, having connections in our lives, um, taking care of the body, doing whatever we need to medically, physically to actually address what we can, uh, being wise in that way, uh, and then cultivating uh, other more wholesome states of mind like kindness and gratitude, really, really putting energy into uh, strengthening those qualities in our life, which can be such an immense support for us. And, and strengthening and developing uh, um, the, our other sensory awareness, sound, smell, sight, um, the other areas of our body that aren't in pain. Noticing the downtimes, the breaks, really taking those in. So it's a, it's a lifelong practice. It's a lifelong practice. Uh, and it's one that has great, uh, great fruits in store because it, it strengthens us. And, uh, and it softens us. It softens the heart. When someone else is in pain, there's a, a deep kind of understanding and empathy that comes. A deep kind of compassion that comes from, from really knowing directly what that's like. And that's a kind of a freedom. That's a kind of an opening of the heart. So we have uh, a few more minutes if there are other questions or comments. Yeah, is it, is it Anne? Yeah. Um, so this was very um, informative day and I really appreciated it. Um, I do have a question and a comment. Um, I get a lot of pain at night and it wakes me up, the various things I do. 
One of the things that's most helpful, well, I'd be interested in your in your suggestions for the night, but one of the things I do is listen to Dharma talks. Great. And not somebody who's going to aggravate me, and not somebody who's talking about pain and suffering in the world, right. but, you know, something that'll sort of put me to sleep, and then I can sure. go back and listen to it later. Sure. Um, so that's one of the things. And Can I um, just comment on that? Yes, before? please do. So, yeah, absolutely. In some sense, it's, you know, as long as it's healthy and not damaging, whatever works. But what you're pointing to, which I haven't mentioned today, which, which I think is very important, is in terms of balance and taking breaks, we've been focusing mostly on the internal ways of doing that. But I think it's really important to have external venues for, for finding balance, like healthy uh, relationships, hobbies, physical activities, things like this that actually take our mind off of the condition. One of the things that they found in certain studies is that um, people who are less identified with their illness or chronic condition do better. And so having other things that, that we're engaged in that aren't defined by this help us to, to widen the frame. And so whether it's listening to a Dharma talk or taking a walk or volunteering, whatever we can do to be engaged and have other activities that are healthy distraction, you know, that are, that are choiceful, conscious, healthy distraction. Yeah. yeah, that's the word that came to my mind was yes. distraction. It's yes. like, I don't need to lie here and right. notice, and it's not a time yes. to be examining the yes. content of exactly. the pain. Exactly. Yeah, okay, yeah. thank you. It's, 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 it's practicing with balance. And it's coming from choice. It's coming from awareness. That's, that's, why, it's, that's why it's different from the kind of uh, suppression, avoidance that can be driven by reactivity. Um, on this balance issue, because um, I'm not very good at it, so I want to explore this a little bit. So, um, yeah, because I have a very hypersensitive nervous system, and uh, I noticed after intense studies and moving out here 18 years ago, within 30 days, boom, I had this kind of like your partner left uh, uh, facial pain, but left-sided, and it's never left. And so I've taken a four-year leave, and I'm going to go back uh, into the marketplace, into a new, uh, you know, as, as a clinician healer. But what scares me is um, when studying or multitasking, that's when it flares up. And that's, you know, that's kind of the life of the marketplace. And, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to stay disabled. So, you know, let's say with studying, let's keep it, you know, one thing, like, you know, just... You know, there's a balance of taking breaks um, or working with a patient, but, it, you know, I can't find it, you know. I mean, I, I could yeah. you know, I could live out here in the woods and Got I it. could find it, but yeah. I choose to, right. you know, engage. Yeah, you choose the challenging path. Yeah, which is respectable. Yeah. yeah, so it's you know it's so, so it's it, you know it's like when you're off the mat meditation, you're in you're in the marketplace. Yeah. So when I'm off the mat, you yeah. know, when I'm uh, in school or with sure. you know sure. in a hospital. So I think this is a question that you know for for um, anyone living with any kind of chronic health challenge or you know pain condition is 
is that sense of um, knowing what our limits are, learning about learning where our limits are, um, and figuring out how to honor them, mm-hmm. uh, learning what happens when we don't honor them, mm-hmm. and how high the costs are. So that we can make, because sometimes we don't honor them. Sometimes we push past them, uh, and that's uh, that's information, and it's important to regard it as such. Well, when I push past my limits, what's the price I pay? How 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 long does it set me? Does it lay me out? You know, and am I willing to pay that price? So I think it's important to treat it as just an ongoing study or investigation, and to start to get to start to develop more and more of a nuanced attention so that you can start to pick up on the signals earlier and earlier and then make more informed decisions about how do I adjust, you know, what are the costs that can be anticipated, what are, what are some of the thresholds and the signals, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, it's different for different people. Sometimes it's not linear. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's not a linear system. Sometimes it's exponential. Sometimes it's more of a chaotic system. So we have to, we have to get to know our own thing mm-hmm. and how it, and, and how it works some of that's just intuition mm-hmm. some of it's just just starting to develop more of a sense of intuition and knowing when to back off right um, but I think that it's a it's a powerful training ground because it it it's it really starts to get into um, not just what am I doing but how am I doing it you know mm-hmm. and starting to, to learn like uh, okay, if I am going to be reading, studying something, what 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 can I do differently that's going to help? Or what is it that I can start to identify where um, it starts to get worse? You know? Is it, you know, is it how I sit? Try sitting in different positions? Is it sitting too long? Is it what I'm doing with my eyes, not looking away enough? Um, is it you know taking a break every fifteen minutes to get up and stretch and just really getting creative and trying to pay attention to really how the mind and body are functioning and what the cause and effect mechanisms that are at play are mm-hmm. yeah thanks. thanks yeah, so I just want to make space also for people who haven 't spoken yet since we 're at the end of our day yeah i 'm pretty new at meditation and all of this and so I'm thinking about the balance Yeah. and I guess my question is the state of balance I assume is going to just come and go yes exactly like like grieving for the sure the loss it just it comes and goes and, right and what we're trying to do is maybe increase the frequency yeah of a state of balance yeah. and learn the conditions that help it come and go. In other words, it's like walking a balance beam, right? So this was the other thing that came to mind for your question, sir, that, that I didn't mention what you're bringing forward, is, is that sense that balance isn't a static state. It's a responsive equilibrium. It's constantly changing. So if you're walking a balance beam, there's a difference between having your arms out or having them at your side. Easier to balance when your arms are out, Right? So in the same way in our practice, there's that, there's that ability to get a sense of when do I lose balance how, and, and what helps me to maintain it. And when I lose balance, what helps me to come back to balance. So this is what I was referring to earlier about starting to get a feel for it. 
how does it feel to be in balance? How does it feel to start to get reactive, caught up, resisting, fighting, um, sinking, uh, drowning? <laughs> you know, and 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 then we start to feel what it's like. Uh, like, you ever been riding a bike and your wheel gets caught in a rut? We start to feel it when, the, when something else starts pulling, right? So it's the same thing in our practice. We, start, we can start to feel it when it's like, uh-oh, I'm getting a little bit off center here. And then we, and then we course correct, you know? We find the ways that are useful for us to course correct. And I find, I find this happening almost minute by minute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because I'm normal. Yeah. And and you will and you will find over time that, that again it depends on what you're working with, but that there can be periods of more balance. You know, particularly as you practice with a reference point or a neutral sensation and and taking time to ground there and then coming in and out, that will develop the capacity for there to be balance more. This woman in the in the back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, yeah. Um, you mentioned somatic experiencing. Yes. Um, could you say a little bit about it, and if you think it would be helpful in combination with meditation? Sure. Um, somatic experiencing is a form of um, therapy that was developed by a man named Peter Levine. It's um, uh, based on the understanding nervous system process, nervous system regulation. It was initially designed as a form of trauma healing, uh, but it's, it can be a powerful and helpful form of, medi- of uh, therapy in and of itself, whether there's been a history of trauma or not. Uh, and yes, I do find it, I think it's very helpful um, support and companion to meditation. The tools that are learned there um, directly applicable. Uh, and there are many um, well-trained people in this area who happen to, to practice it. So they have a website, traumahealing.com, with a practitioner directory. So you could, you could, check, you could check that out. Do you have a question? Yeah, I guess it's just kind of what you had. Um, you talked in the beginning about cultural messaging. And, like, yes. That's very powerful. And um, I guess I struggle a little bit with, like, I guess, like, this idea, like, I am... I experience chronic migraines, and so um, there's a lot of stigma attached with a lot of chronic conditions. Um, so I think I've been like working on, um, you know, kind of like owning my illness and like I have chronic migraines and kind of fighting that stigma. And that's I think getting a little mixed up with like this idea that I can I can change my illness then somehow, mm-hmm. and then accepting that I can't. And like I guess like there's a lot of like what you were saying in there somewhere like it gets we get a lot of conflicting messages. Yeah. Um, and so working with like any Western medicine, sure. you get this idea you can, and um, how to just kind of bring balance to all of that somehow. Yeah, thank you. I, it's probably a really big question, but I'm it is. It's an ask. important one. So maybe we can end on this note. Um, what I'm hearing, you know, in that question is is that um, paradox of how to um, how to. How to be open to getting well and hold the possibility for healing in various degrees um, without uh, without getting um, obsessed, 
without getting um, disappointed or frustrated, right? Um, but also without shutting off or being resigned. To, well, I'm just going to be this way for the rest of my life and it doesn't matter, so to heck with it, right? So there's that middle, there's that middle ground. Um, and like we've been talking about, it's a... Co- my experience is that it's a continual adjusting and it's it's a finding balance by being out of balance. That's the only way we learn how to balance is by being out of balance. And so um, when you're suffering, that's feedback. Suffering is feedback. It's telling us something's out of whack. And so instead of getting upset about that, it's like, oh, thanks, great. Let's see what where where things are off so that we, I can course correct. Um, and it's like, uh, it's, this, it's this marriage of, um, of a deep acceptance of the way things are. Um, with, with, uh, with, while still honoring our preference. It's like, of course I'd like to be well. I don't need to pretend that that's otherwise, you know, or somehow, you know, imagine that I'm going to transcend this, you know, in some sort of deep spiritual insight where I no longer want to be healthy, (laughs) you know, but actually to recognize, no, I, I would prefer, really prefer that. And to, and to allow ourselves to feel that and to feel both the beauty and the, and the vulnerability of that, you know, while, while still deeply accepting the reality of, 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 of our condition, recognizing the truth that ultimately it's a hopeless case, you know, being born is a fatal condition. So that's, that's where it's going. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't do what we can in the, in the process. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for your practice. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Um, so just a couple of announcements. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.